David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. Once again, David is out working, or at least that's what he told me, and I think that's what he told his wife. Nonetheless, we have a couple of great interviews that he and I both conducted recently with a pair of pro football Hall of Famers who played for the St. Louis Cardinals. First up, we have safety Larry Wilson. Larry, I see you were born in Idaho. How did you end up playing college ball in Utah? Well, uh, I'm uh, really closer to Utah than I uh, was to uh, any place in Idaho, so it was uh, it was a situation where my uh, father felt like I would do better at Utah as far as getting an education, and uh, we went that way. Did many schools recruit you? Uh, yeah, I had a number of schools, uh, uh, California schools, but uh, you know, being a kid from Idaho, I really didn't care to get too far away from home. And then you get drafted by the single, or the sorry the Chicago Cardinals. What was that like? Well, it was an exciting time. Uh, you know, back then uh, that's quite a few years ago now. <laughs> you got to remember that. Uh, uh, back then, uh, certainly the draft was not that uh, big a deal. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, basically they called you and said that you were drafted and. Uh, uh, you know, I was excited about it. Uh, I was uh, uh, really happy that uh, things worked out. Actually, I was drafted by the Buffalo Bills and the Car- and the Cardinals. And what made you decide to go with the NFL instead of the AFL? Uh, Five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you pay that for around the golf in Arizona nowadays. <laughs> yeah, you. You hardly can get on one for that now. <laughs> yeah. So when you joined the Cardinals, you were drafted by Chicago, but you never got to play in Chicago because they moved. Did you have any idea they were going to move? Uh, yeah, they uh, pretty well uh, talked about that. And uh, uh, my whole career, we uh, we trained in Lake Forest. Uh, they kept our training camp there, and so we are around Chicago quite a bit. We always uh, scrimmaged the Bears a couple of times and. Uh, and then we played in the Armed Forces game all the time, and a preseason game with the Bears. What was your anticipation going into your first training camp? You were seventh-round draft choice. I assume you know there were other players that thought that they would make the team ahead of you, and they did not. Uh, well, I, I tell you, uh, I uh, really didn't have high expectations, to tell you the truth. I kept my suitcase packed uh, all the time. Uh, I was drafted as a running back. Yeah, and uh, uh, they had John David Crow and uh, Mal Hammock. We had a good crew of running backs, uh, and at uh, my, they got the training camp. Uh, they traded Dick Knight Train Lane uh, uh, to Detroit, and that made a spot open in uh, uh, in the secondary. And so uh, I got moved over there, and 
and bounced around. They found out I was in the corner. They moved Jimmy Hill out to the corner, and uh, I got to play a little safety, and uh, things worked out pretty darn well. Because <laughs> you, inv- I mean, they basically created the safety blitz for you. Well, <laughs> that was the coach, you know, a shoot. Uh, uh, back then, uh, we uh, played a lot of man-for-man defenses, blitzed a lot, and uh, and Coach Drulis, uh always uh, tried to come up with one more extra guy than they could block. And so uh, we did run, start the safety blitz, and uh, uh, I, I remember when we first did it back in New York, uh, Coach Drulis says, oh, well, when you get in there and get him uh, – uh, jump up, cover up your number, and run back to huddle so they won't know who you are. <laughs> Is that where the term Red Dog started? Well, uh, actually, Red Dog does was just uh, blitzing the outside linebackers. Uh, we called it Wildcat, and uh, you know, I kind of got that nickname. When we talked to Dan Durdorf several months ago, he mentioned that until basically late in his career, all his paychecks came from the Chicago Cardinals. They never changed the name on the checks. Was it the same with you? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that happened for uh, for quite a while. But uh, uh, you know, we were uh, eventually accepted pretty darn well in St. Louis, and uh, uh, we get back there quite often. And uh, there are still a large number of fans back there uh, for the football Cardinals and. Uh, uh, it was a fun time there. Well, St. Louis is where I grew up, and I remember going to a game at uh, the old Bush Stadium, Sportsman's Park, and I'm, I recall it as one of the coldest days of my life, and I think you guys were playing the Cleveland Browns, and they had this running back, number 32. I can't remember his name, but he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I never knew his name either, but I knew his number. He ran over me a number of times. <laughs> Well, and I remember you tackling Jim Brown, and I, I just sort of marveled at that. What, what was the key to bringing him down? Well, uh, that was to get on him and hold on. <laughs> no, uh, you, know, you never worried about getting hurt with Jim Brown. He was a, a guy that really could slip and slide. Uh, he had a great running ability, uh, and you really never got a, a clear shot at him, and uh so uh, you never worried about uh, getting hurt at all. When we talk to Bob Lilly, Sam Huff, all these guys, their most memorable tackles are always of Jim Brown. I think it might be the only time they tackle him, but all of them have pictures <laughs> in their house of them tackling Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Jim Brown, uh, to me, uh, was, was the epitome of football then. You, you he, he just uh, he did so many things, and you know he's one of the guys that really made the game great, uh, and uh, on the public stage the way it is today. Speaking of guys who are difficult to tackle, I will assume in practice you had your opportunity to go up against a pretty good tight end named Jackie Smith, who I don't recall getting tackled all that often. People would have to sort of force him out of bounds, but I don't remember him going down too often. What was no, it like? I, I, he, was, he was a snarly bugger, all right. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, you know, we scrimmaged the Bears so many times. We had so much fun with Mike Dick. Uh, 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 he was a pretty good fellow himself. <laughs> uh, we, we had, uh, on a lot of occasions where 
both sides of the field would get together and talk it over after some place. Ditka gave you a compliment, basically, when he challenged Terrell Owens for not playing with a broken finger. He said you played with a cast on both hands and intercepted a pass. Yeah, I would have scored if I kept my eyes open. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back then, uh, uh, we didn't have that many players. Uh, if you could run, you should be uh, out there playing. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think the doctor uh, made it a little bit bigger than what it needed to be. So, yeah, even so, though, playing with your playing with a couple of cats on couldn't have been all that simple for a guy who's playing safety and supposed to wrap up the runners and things like that. Well, you just uh, you had so much stick them on them uh, <laughs> that they couldn't get away. <laughs> when you were playing in St. Louis, did you have, like, a rival besides the Bears who you kind of look forward to playing? Well, you know, back then we were in the division uh, with Philadelphia, New York, uh, Cleveland, uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Dallas. So we had some pretty good uh, Donnybrooks. Uh, uh, I think that uh, our main one was Dallas when they came in. Uh, it was always a, uh, a big game for us, and, uh, and and we loved playing in New York too. So uh, uh, we had some good rivals. Hey, for your career, he has. 52 interceptions. Is there one that stands out in your mind? Uh, I wish I could remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell you, I, uh, I, I thought I was a running back when I was drafted. Uh, I enjoyed getting the ball and, and running with it. Uh, uh, I think what it did prove was that uh, I was on the right side of the ball. <laughs> I couldn't have been a running back in the, in the league. <laughs> You guys had some a pretty good uh, defensive backfield with you and Roger Worley there. How did teams get a chance to pass against you guys? Well, I tell you what, you know, our secondary, uh, I think, was one of the better ones in, in the business with Roger and, uh, and Jerry Stovall and, uh, and the crew, Jimmy Hill and uh, uh, Billy Stacy. Uh, yeah, we had some good defensive backs and, Back then, uh, you played man for man most of the time, played very little zone, so it was a challenge uh, for everyone. But overall, uh, I thought we had as fine a secondary as, as there was in the league. I remember another guy who played defense in college ended up playing offense with uh, the Cardinals, Johnny Rowland, who went to Missouri. Yeah. Can you imagine what a defensive backfield would have been like if he had been in the secondary too? He... <laughs> well, he was a big fella, and uh, he he would have added a lot to it. Uh, you know, Johnny Rowland was one super football player uh, and just a, a marvel. Uh, you know, you're lucky. You know, the draft going on now, you're really fortunate to get a, get guys like Rowland who really wants to play the game and enjoys playing it, has fun, and and is a part of the team. And, you know, that's the whole key to all this is just getting it all together and uh, and doing your job. Who do you think the best player you played up against was? Well, uh, I think Johnny Unitas was absolutely a phenomenal player. Uh, I sit back and, and marvel and think about the times that I got to play against him. And, you know, he was as good as <laughs> as everybody said he was. And uh, uh, I, I think that that uh, 
uh, you know, there were a lot of fine people. Uh, you, 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 you're talking about the Jim Browns and the, oh, the, the whole slew of them there. Was there one player on another team that you said, okay, this guy's going to be tough, tough to cover in pass defense? Uh, the best pass receiver uh, that uh, I think I ever played against was Paul Warfield. Uh, and Paul uh, Paul could play in today's game and and, and be a superstar uh, as he was when he, when he played uh, back then. And I just think he was a phenomenal guy and, uh, and boy, what a great player he was. Don Maynard said no one could cover him. He was faster than anybody in the league back in the day. Yeah, he certainly could outrun all of us, that's for sure. <laughs> the thing I remember about Warfield is he he ran his pass patterns very precisely. Uh, he was uh, very quick, uh, had good size, and i tell you what, he was a mean bugger. Uh, and uh all those things added together made him a a real problem when he was out there uh we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to cover him and uh we got it done now and then but uh, most of the time he uh he whooped us yeah the only guy who could stop warfield was don shula <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for sure yeah i i tell you you know, you, you think back at the time didn't get a chance to play against a lot of people uh, in the American Conference, but uh, at the end of my career, we were uh, we were playing the Miami Dolphins, and uh, uh, our, we had changed in coaches. And he thought I'd be a our new coach; thought I'd be a great, strong safety. And so we're playing against the the Dolphins, and uh, a guy by the name of uh, uh, who, who was a big fullback at that time, <laughs> uh, and Warfield, and and uh, uh, he, he uh, our coach said, "Well, we got to stop Warfield. Uh, we'll let Larry Zonka carry the ball." <laughs> I tell you what, he'd run over me so many times, uh, I couldn't count him. When you talk about quarterbacks, as I recall, the Cardinals they they tended to be quarterback challenged till a guy from Southern Illinois University joined mm-hmm. the team, Jim, Jim Hart. Did that take a little load off of the defense? Jim uh, was a tremendous quarterback. I, I tell you, he uh, uh, he had some, some size, could throw the ball real well, and uh, uh, you know I don't think he got the, uh, the credit that was really due to him. We had another guy that uh, that played uh, uh, early on, uh, and uh, uh, when uh, Jim came in, he just uh, took over and uh, and just made our team a, a much better football team. How did you know when it was time to retire? Uh, I tell you, uh, after 13 years, uh, I uh, I was beat up so bad, uh, I thought, uh, you know, there's got to be something else to do in this world. So uh, uh, I, I, I knew when it was time to quit. But that something else still was football. You, you, you sort of moved very smoothly into the front office with the Cardinals. Was that part of your grand plan? Well, it really wasn't to start with. I always wanted to coach, uh, and I got a little opportunity uh, a couple times. But uh, overall, uh, the front office was also an interesting uh, situation. It was just the time when computers were starting to 
to move into the game and uh, getting those set up and, and getting a scouting program in and and, and taking uh, the, the coaches' uh, work and, and getting it computerized was always uh, something that I was interested in, and uh, uh, I, I enjoyed uh, my time in the front office. How did the draft change from the time when you started to when you retired? Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, the draft uh, it's become a circus right now. I think uh, you know there's so many things going on. They 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 know everything about you. They have timed you, weighed you, jumped you. They've done everything. The thing they can't do though is they can't really tell what, what kind of player you're going to be when you get there. And that's all in the heart. And, uh, boy, that's the hardest thing to do is to figure out which guy is going to be the guy that goes out and, and gets to be a part of the team and, and, and makes a real impact with you. Did you enjoy, like, when ESPN started covering the drafts and you had a Chris Berman and Mel Kuyper and these guys criticizing or <laughs> commending every pick you make? <laughs> and they're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I always wondered uh, where they got all their information and how they uh, how they saw these guys. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's uh, kind of the media. You know, I married a gal uh, uh, that was in the media, so uh, uh, I'm always honored like a yard dog when I see these guys uh, uh, <laughs> talking about players and where they should go and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between being great athletically, according to the numbers, and being a really good football player. Absolutely. And and I don't know how anybody is able to gauge it. You know, you can look at a guy, I suppose, in person or on film and say to yourself, he's a football player. Now, if he's a second too slow in the 40, that might be a problem. But when it when it's a tenth of a second here or there, I... I don't see why you would go with just the the metrics of the whole thing. Well, that's the thing you know, that I talk about is it, it, it's the toughest job of all is to predict which guy is going to come in and and be the player that he that he should be uh, that is willing to pay the price to be a part of the team to know that he's one of eleven, not uh, not just one out there. Uh, and put a team together that, that plays together and plays hard together, and uh, that's the real key to, to getting uh, some success. And, and you got guys, you got to have guys that can do their job and do it well. Look at two of the greatest players in uh, football, Hall of Famers Raymond Berry and John Unitas. If they were drafted today, they probably wouldn't even be drafted or signed. <laughs> probably not. Uh, that. Uh, you know, Raymond Berry uh, was another guy that you, you just marvel at. He didn't have the great speed, but, boy, he certainly run his roots well and uh, and took advantage of everything and could catch the football. And, uh, you know, those two guys were just, you know, they, they were part of a unit that played exceptionally well together, and, and consequently they were winners. Who was your biggest find when you were drafting? Oh. Boy, I, that's a tough question. <laughs> I, I've never thought about that. What about the biggest bust? 
Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you never had a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask Chris Berman. <laughs> yeah, so now you're going. <laughs> what was the transition like from St. Louis to Arizona? Uh, it was slow to start with. Uh, Arizona uh, basically was uh, a Dallas Cowboy area for uh, the television, so there are a lot of Cowboy fans here. Uh, but I was amazed at how quickly uh, that they accepted us and, and have supported the team out here. The, gr- the greatest thing that happened uh, is when we got our own stadium. And we have a beautiful stadium here and, and uh, one that I think everyone in the community enjoys. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're going to have the Super Bowl out here in, in, on fi- in 15 and uh, yeah, I just think people enjoy coming out and watching the game. The interesting thing here is that uh, this city here is, is well, it's about ninety percent Chicago ones <laughs> and and ten percent Minnesotans. <laughs> uh, so we have to kind of uh, win them over. Uh, I was just laughing because the neighbor next door has got a cockeyed Chicago bear flag hanging in her yard, and I'm always on her about getting it out of there. So. you got to give her a cardinal one. <laughs> I've done that. When you were to the Super Bowl, the cardinal franchise has not been in a championship game since, I believe, 1947. When are the Arizona Cardinals going to reach that level, do you think? Well, you know, a couple of years ago when we played in the Super Bowl, uh, it was an exciting time for, for our team. Uh, uh, I think that the moving around and, uh, and, and trying to be a part of the community has not been a, a real good thing for putting together a, a good organization. I do believe that they're there now. Uh, uh, Michael Bidwell has taken over the team uh, as far as the management is concerned, the ownership of it. Uh, I believe they're on the right direction. Uh, they've got a good coaching staff. We've got good facilities, and uh, uh, I think people want to be here. And uh, so I, I really feel like that, um, that our outlook uh, is a very bright one. We have a tremendous division that we're in with the 49ers and Seattle and, uh, and St. Louis. So uh, you got to be you, you got to be a good football player, a football team uh, to win in our league. How did you feel when you found out you were going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, I was so excited. Uh, I was just flabbergasted. And I enjoy that every year going back uh, to the Hall of Fame uh, for their annual game and, and inductment, inducting. Uh, and, uh, you know, they just remodeled it, and they're going to have a, a big year. This is their 50th year. And uh, uh, that is one of the real highlights uh, of my career. I'm just – I'm so – gratified by being there. When is Jerry Kramer going to get in there? I just want to see this guy get in. Yeah, I'd sure like to see him get in, too. And uh, I know there's a uh, uh, a movement trying to, to, to get people uh, more excited about it. And, you know, I think Jerry Kramer ought to be there, too. I was talking to Elliot the other day, and I don't feel before this or not, but 
Rosemont in uh, Illinois by the airport was offering the Cubs free land and to help them build a new stadium. I would love to see the Chicago Cardinals back, put a dome stadium in Rosemont, bring a Super Bowl here to Chicago because Soldier Field's not big enough and it's not in a good location to have a, a, um, a Super Bowl. Well, you know, I think that they're going to have to have a, a top put on something there in order to get one. Uh, although this year is going to be interesting when they play it in New York. Yeah, I mean, you're going to freeze out there. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a different Super Bowl award. When we come back, we will have another Cardinals defensive stalwart, Roger Worley. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. 